listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast, the podcast for coaches, leaders and academics who are interested in translating research into practice. Each episode, I discuss a brand new piece of cutting-edge research and translate the findings with suggestions of how you can incorporate the research into your practice. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca J. Jones. Now, on with today's show. Welcome to episode 30 of the Coaching Academic Podcast. I'm going to be talking about a research paper called Team Tenure and Team Performance, a meta-analysis and process model, which was written by Eric Gonzalez-Mule, Bethany S. Cockburn, Brian W. McCormick and Peng Zhao and was published in the in, um, Personnel Psychology Journal in uh, 2020, earlier this year. I'll put a link to the paper in the show notes. So the common assumption is that teams with greater tenure tend to be more effective, despite the fact that the research evidence on the relationship between team tenure and team performance is inconclusive. Broadly speaking, individual tenure is the time in various organisational units or roles. But when we consider team tenure, it can be defined in three different ways. Firstly, we can define team tenure as additive tenure, which is the average amount of time individuals have spent in their team. Alternatively, we can define team tenure as collective tenure, which is the amount of time team members have been together on the same team. Or lastly, we can define team tenure as team tenure dispersion, which is the variability in the amount of time individual team members have spent in their team. Therefore, additive tenure is the average tenure, collective tenure is the shared tenure, and dispersion tenure is the variability in tenure. So to address these inconsistencies in our understanding of the role of team tenure on team performance, the authors conducted a meta-analysis which synthesised all relevant studies to integrate these past studies on team tenure in order to understand the processes and boundary conditions linking team tenure to team performance. So in their study, they sought to address the question, how does different conceptualizations of team tenure influence team performance? And what team processes can influence or help explain these relationships between team tenure and team performance? In their meta-analysis, the authors focused on studies that reported team tenure and performance outcomes that were conducted in the field rather than in a lab, as lab studies generally meant that the teams were all formed at the same time, therefore there was no variability in team tenure. And the authors specifically focused on team-level performance rather than individual team members' performance. And this resulted in a total of 169 studies being retained and included in their analysis. So the authors found that additive team tenure, which is the average team tenure, was positively related to team performance. Therefore, when the average team tenure was higher, so too was team performance. They also found that this relationship was mediated by team cognition. And this means that the higher average team tenure leads to higher team cognition or collective knowledge, which then leads to high team performance. Next, the authors found that collective team tenure, which is the shared team tenure, was also positively related to team performance. 
And the authors found that this relationship was explained by motivational effect states rather than team knowledge. So teams that had been intact for longer as a collective unit tended to spend more time together, which leads to greater trust and social integration among team members and consequently positive perceptions of psychological safety within the team. This higher motivational effective state experienced by teams when collective team tenure is high then leads to higher team performance. As the link between team knowledge and team performance was not significant for collective team tenure, team knowledge appears to be less important at explaining team performance for teams with high collective tenure than additive or average tenure. The authors also found that team tenure dispersion was positively related to team performance. Therefore, when the variability in tenure in teams is high, so too is team performance. They found that this relationship was explained by team behavioural processes. So when team tenure dispersion is high, there is a greater variability in individual team members' knowledge and skill. Therefore, team members have a broader repertoire of skills within the team from which they can draw upon. This in turn leads to improved behavioural processes such as effective allocation of roles, the development of creative solutions to problems and enhanced information to exchange. Now the authors suggest that managers should be aware that they can increase team performance by staffing teams with longer tenured members who will not only better understand how to get work done but will also recognise the stores of knowledge elsewhere. I think this study has a number of implications for coaches working with leaders of teams or team coaches working with the whole team. Firstly, the findings indicate that it's important to understand the nature of team tenure with the team that you're working with in order to then understand how to best support that team to improve performance. So if the average team tenure is high, then interventions aimed at increasing the team's ability to access the team's shared knowledge are likely to work best. Now, this might involve brainstorming or reflecting as a whole team on past performance and identifying lessons learned from these shared teamed experiences and how these could then be applied to new challenges. On the other hand, when collective team tenure is high, then interventions aimed at fostering the relationships, trust and psychological safety among team members, such as team building activities, are likely to be even more important to continue to build and maintain these strong relational bonds. Finally, when team tenure dispersion is high, then interventions aimed at behavioural processes, such as allocation of roles and enhanced information exchange, are likely to work best at improving team performance. By working with the team or team leader to firstly collect some data regarding team tenure in order to identify which of the three types of team tenure best describe the team, the coach can then work with the leader of the team or the team as a whole to explore the most appropriate intervention based on the team tenure type to facilitate improved performance. So that concludes today's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast. Just to remind you, in today's episode, I was discussing team tenure and team performance, a meta-analysis and process model, which was written by Eric Gonzalez-Mule, Bethany S. Cockburn, Brian W. McCormick, and Peng Zhao, and was published in the Personnel Psychology Journal uh, earlier this year, 2020. As always, I'll include a link to the paper in the show notes.
But just before I go, I'm going to mention um, that if you like my podcast, you might like my new book that I'm working on and it's coming out very soon in the summer of 2020. And it's based on the idea of translating research into practice for coaches and leaders interested in a coaching style of leadership. Uh, if you'd like to receive an email notification from me when the book's available, then please email me at the.coaching.academic at gmail.com. That's the.coaching.academic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you again soon. for listening to the coaching academic podcast if you're interested in reading my research sponsoring the show or in hiring me as a researcher coach or speaker check out my website www.rebeccajjones.co.uk if you like the show don't forget to leave a review in itunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode if you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show then please get in touch via my website Finally, you can connect with me on Twitter at coach underscore research. Thanks for listening.